Welcome to part one, Become Superman in Your Marriage, the series, this version is Emotional Needs. Now don't run, I know it's not, it's not your kryptonite, don't trip. This is part one, enjoy, and know the Q-Dog loves you, go get it. In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, Emotional Needs. What the heck does that look like? I'm a freaking guy, what do I know about emotions? Whew, stay tuned. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. I am so glad that you are here. And who am I? Your humble servant, the cute dog in the Moran family studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Hey, baby. Hey, baby. In between uh, episodes there, I went downstairs and had a little powwow with the kiddos. And they are definitely in the mood for some dad time. Okay. I don't know what how that's relative to emotional needs, but... I just figured I'd throw it out there. We have some work to do here, and then it's dad to family time. Booyah! So, in this episode, um, what are we calling this? In this genre of defining your needs, we have kind of gone down the list to talk about the different need categories. As I grab my papers here. We did a uh, episode on needs and uh, do needs matter in your relationship. We talked about mental, emotional, physical, spiritual, financial aspects of what needs are. And we dove into uh, the love talk when it comes to love language so you can further define how you're wired and what those needs might be. Uh, then we went into uh, winning in your marriage and loving your wife on purpose, giving me the playbook so I identify what your needs are, what you like, and I do that. Um, then we went through the love tank. And are you? Is, does your spouse feel fulfilled? And then we got into uh, needs from the physical aspect. And that involved, you know, your health, your fitness, sex, touch, etc. Now, this particular episode, as said in the precursor to the show, is about emotional needs. And usually I'm not at a loss for words, but when Jeannie said we need to do a show based on emotional needs, I kind of thought, yeah, I said the word emotional, so I figured that was covered. And uh, I guess it's not. And I'm sure if I took the time to really dive into it, I would uh, be able to more clearly define what emotional needs are. I know about your emotional intelligence and keeping yourself cool, calm, and collected and not falling apart. But I think from this aspect, because women are very emotional, I'm pretty emotional and I'm a man, and men are more logical in a sense. I think it's important that we do cover 
the emotional needs to the best of our ability and uh, and give you some perspective so that it, we can ensure that your needs are being met emotionally and that your wife's needs are being met emotionally. Because while we're more logical and physical, your wife, if she's fulfilled, and I believe Coach Rita taught us this, if her needs are met emotionally, then the yin goes into the yang, and then your needs will be met um, physically. Yeah. that's They serve a purpose for each other, and you're kind of wired that way. So how do your emotional needs uh, affect your relationship? Do you know hers and yours emotional needs and what they are? And do you know if they're being met? I was very interested in reading, you know, this part of an article from psychologytoday.com. So I want to share with you some of the things that I read and then we'll get into this discussion about needs. 10 emotional needs of couples. And this is at psychologytoday.com, and I'll see about providing the link in the show notes if you're interested. Or I'm going to read it, so if you're not a reader, you don't have to. So this particular doctor, uh, Dr. Grande, she does psychotherapy. And she works with individuals who struggle, struggle with uh, anxiety, depression, caused by circumstances in their lives, and they usually work together about 8 to 12 weeks. And I guess what she did was she went uh, she went in and looked at this study uh, of the 10 emotional needs that we have, and it was, and they were basically, I don't know why I say basically, they were derived from uh, a survey that was done by, I believe, another psychologist, and they had they came up with the ten most common things throughout everybody's needs, and so they go like this. Now, bear with me; I'm going to read you all ten, um, and then we'll get into the meat of the show, so that we can give you some examples of how this that this kind of thing has worked for us and where we have been. Maybe even go back to where we started. So number one is admiration and appreciation. Receiving compliments, comments about positive traits, appreciation for work done at home or at the job, and uh, avoidance of criticism. Affection, receiving a hug, love you note, a text greeting, a loving smile, holding hands. Companionship in recreational activity, participating together in a hobby, a sport that requires more than one person, such as tennis, basketball, game of cards. Hockey. Maybe it's going to watch hockey. Maybe it's uh, your spouse is writing a book, and you're there to support and character development and story development. Or maybe you're doing a podcast, and your spouse supports you <laughs> in doing a podcast. <laughs> Domestic support, which is getting help with cooking, meals, washing dishes, um, doing laundry, house cleaning, child care, pet care, etc., Family commitment, spending quality time with children, teaching, modeling values, sharing responsibility for the children's well-being. Financial support, having a partner who provides an income, having a certain standard of living, having a partner who stays 
within an agreed budget. Honesty and openness, which is an, a, a willingness to reveal facts about the past and present uh, events, as well as hopes uh, and plans for the future. Intimate conversation. Having a discussion to inform or ask questions, discussing topics of mutual interest, willingness to listen to each other, giving and receiving undivided attention. Physical attractiveness, factors such as weight, clothing, uh, hairstyle, and hygiene. And then sexual fulfillment. Having sexual closeness, this usually predates the relationship as in, uh, distinct from affection. I won't say oddly enough in the sense that I'm surprised that we actually cover every single one of these in our (laughs) podcast. Um, I would say oddly enough in the sense of I'm slightly surprised that we have no formal training, but through the process of our own marriage, we came up. I would say every one of these is on the list just by a different name. Yep. You know, um, and when you talk about admiration or appreciation, if we go back to the love language, there's words of affirmation is a part of, uh, of what we've been teaching you. Affection comes with physical touch, companionship, or doing things together. Quality time. We've talked about that, and, and kind of two of these bring that up, and, you know, getting support domestically as far as cooking, cleaning, washing, you know, uh, child care, pet care, et cetera. Uh, family commitment, that is another one, spending quality time, teaching, training, modeling. All, all ten of these are things that we have brought to you on the podcast i guess surprisingly they all involve emotional support Mm -hmm. some of them are physical acts but all in all these are emotional needs that need to be met now i don't know no i know nothing about the doctor who's talking in this article what i do know is that they wrote the article it was vetted by another doctor and this study was done by a doctor, by Harley, whoever this so doctor is. So a bunch Harley of people is. who have doctorates that are not us came up with this deal. And you and I, who are laymen, came up with our own. And they all kind of coincide. They do. So we've identified it. And that's helped me identify what emotional needs and support look like. And then I, I like, you know... Me, I don't like to go baseline. I like to go above and beyond. My questions from there would range, um, are your emotions in a healthy place? Or are you an emotional wreck? Or is your spouse an emotional wreck? I think it's very important to have that awareness and to locate yourself, to locate your spouse. Now, here's something else that's interesting, is if you don't take the time to ask your spouse what their needs are then it's likely that you are essentially saying well these are my emotional needs so i just assume they're the same for her you mean you expect her to think like you if she thinks like you then she must have the same emotional needs as you right yeah and we did a show called she doesn't think like you where's my buzzer (laughs) wrong (laughs) you're not getting a buzzer can i have a foghorn until I get a cough button. Crap. That, and if we can work horn. that out. Can I have a foghorn? <laughs> I know where I can get one. <laughs> He'd give it to me, too. Love, you know he would. God gave you a foghorn when he made you, okay? I'm going to throw something at you. 
Yeah, throw some kisses my way. I'll yeah. take it. Uh-huh. Kiss this. That's exactly what's coming across this way. Yeah, Aaron Tippin. <laughs> <laughs> um, so if you, it's likely that if you haven't asked and you're just guessing, which is we do what we see. We assume the world revolves around us or we assume that our spouse is like us and our needs have to be their needs. And that's uh, that's one of those things where just going from the example of quality time, I figured getting you out of the house was going to work because that's what I would have wanted. And that's while you were looking for some version of that support, that's not what you were ultimately looking for that would, you know, meet I, your I think getting need. me out of the house was um, keeping me out of jail. That was probably <laughs> the actual. You make yourself sound so bad. I don't think you were, you know, looking to murder no, anybody. No, I, I wasn't looking to murder anybody. I was just on edge all the time and um i was frustrated i was depressed i was trying to navigate through everything and at the time when we started having our kids you know being an at-home mom you took a i took a lot of flack in the beginning and then um slowly it was like oh everybody's an at-home mom but we're all really good at-home moms we're organized we have these clubs we take our kids to these gym classes we do all these different things and this was just my perception of what was being brought to me you know we had friends who were at-home moms but they were at-home moms with daycare oh lord jesus would never give me somebody else's children while i was raising our own because i would have killed somebody Somebody. I don't know. It seemed like there were plenty of kids that were brought in and out of our life to help support. They helped support, but they weren't mine, and they weren't like they, we helped they support them, is what I'm they, saying. They, but they weren't diaper age. They weren't little, little. They were older. Where you know, here, can you go feed Kiki this? And I could get rid of two kids at one time for at least a good five minutes, and that works for me. But daycare and, and trying to raise other people's little people was not a good place for me to be at that time frame. Um, it, it just, it just wasn't, but I think Rita kind of pointed out the differences between you and I, because Quincy can, if he's frustrated and he's angry, most of the time, if you can get him to laugh, you can break him out of his funk. It's not all the time, but it's a pretty good majority. If somebody could get you to laugh and I mean a good laugh, you could break it. I don't laugh when I'm angry and Quincy tries. There's been times where he's tried and he's like, I'm just going to lighten the mood and it made the mood worse. And Rita pointed out yet. Yeah, no, this is no, no, she needs to process and needs space. And you need to just let her fume for a minute until she gets it out of her system. And then, then you can try and joke and play. And it, thankfully that's one of those things that he's, been kind of teaching the kids too because the kids think that it's funny to be a smart ass when mom's angry and you know let's just push on the nerve Sai has learning real fast real fast because he thought you know you you play and you just keep playing and if the person gets mad you just keep playing until they're not mad anymore no, no. hi i'm genie this does not work for me yeah i agree and um before realizing this you know the way that I would address it was, uh, you know, like a passive aggressive joking sarcasm because I like to banter and get it out of my system and then be able to just get the load off my chest, which my brother and I could do really well. Oh, you should drive me crazy. (laughs) But you and I 
we were two different peas, you know, in a different pod or whatever you say there. We we were just on two different ends because I think when uh, there was some, you know, making fun of people at their expense, but when you started arguing, it was going for cutthroat kill. Yeah. And while we did the same thing, ours was banter. So we would just try to humiliate and burn each other until maybe it didn't start out serious, but there was a little bit of truth in it. And then if you really hit a nerve, it would get explosive. And then it would, you know, finally come back around to, uh, I feel better. We got to argue that out. But at the same token, those responses that were initiated, you know, between me and my brother and me and some other folks, I was not pleased with how I would respond emotionally. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't healthy at all. And it's not productive. And sometimes you can fall back into that habit of just going straight at it and being sarcastic and, you know, passive aggressive or whatever it is. But it did not meet the need that you were looking for. So if I take that approach, it's a self-serving approach because it'll make me feel better until it's all said and done. And then seeing that you're mad or upset or crying or cussing or whatever the case is, it does not support you emotionally. So what we want to do is kind of give you some examples and then some key factors on what you can do to support your wife and how you can garner some support from her emotionally, even though emotions aren't as natural, I think, for us guys. Or, I mean, we're human. We're all human beings. So we're emotional creatures by nature. But we, you know, I think guys tend to think, try to think more out of the logical side of things. And it doesn't mean that women are illogical. No, I think the difference is we're emotional because we're nurturers and Mm -hmm. to be a nurturer you have to tap into your emotions because you have to give of yourself in that moment you have to meet the emotional need to nurture it um i think though i don't know because you are an emotional person Mm -hmm. whereas in the beginning i locked down my emotions i i shut down a lot so i internalized a lot of things um, trying to avoid being hurt because we that's how our arguments went in the beginning it was like all right I'll take a shot at you you take a shot at me and you know whoever strikes blood first wins and it took us learning not to do that but in the same token because of that I learned to lock stuff away because I'm not going to give you ammunition there's no point if I give you ammunition you're going to win and I don't want you to win but well I was very I was very subjective about the things I would say to you. I mean, I'm sure there were times where it would come to a head, but I I wasn't I wasn't going to try to say things that would destroy you. No, but what I come from that's what I learned. You you find the weak point and you annihilate the person based on that weak point. Yeah. And so um I learned to start shutting it down. And when we had so many things going on, I'm not going to burden you with what I've got going on because you're going through the same thing. So just adding to it, there's no point because I'm just going to make it worse. We we were in a pretty jacked up headspace in the beginning. And it took Rita unraveling, 
you know, I'm not a burden to you. You're not a burden to me. We need to discuss these things. Teaching us to do emotional check-ins because when a trauma hits or a situation hits, um, we just got used to, let's just get through it. And once we got through it, okay, we're moving on. I don't even want to look at it again. I don't want to think about it. I just want to move past it. But we never stop to look at the emotional damage that it did or the the scarring that it left behind. We just kind of let the wound stay open and just kept right on trucking. And um, it taught us to not recognize the other person's breaking point or to not recognize... You know, get, when we were talking about this show, I gave the example, you know, if you came home from work and you had just had a really hard, stressful, crappy day and for whatever reason, you know, it, you were just at your max capacity and you got to the house and as soon as you got home, I'm like, okay, this one did this, this one did this, this one did this, you need to handle this and this and I need this fixed. I mean, I just offloaded because, mm-hmm. oh my God, there's another adult. Here you go. You can have it all. I'm off. I need a breather. Not realizing you needed a breather. You needed to just come home and let the kids love on you and get work out of your system so that you could switch from work Quincy to dad Quincy to husband Quincy. I didn't know that. I was just like, you're home, dude. You're up. I'm out. And all I did was add to your stress and your frustration. So all of these things that you were already feeling inadequate or frustrated with or, you know, kicked in the teeth for, I just handed you a whole nother laundry list of the exact same thing in the place that's supposed to be your safe haven and, you know, your your soft place. I didn't know this. So instead of making the situation better and making it so that I could, you know, let the kids love on you and I could love on you and we could meet some of your needs and, and affirm you and who you were and, and to us. Because when you come home, it should be daddy's home. Yeah. And everybody, and they did. They used to get excited, but as soon as I started dropping the bombs on them, everybody's like, oh, okay, wait a minute. Yeah, they're going to take off because they know. <laughs> they know daddy's coming. You were naughty, come to daddy. But, you know, it's like not realizing You needed to just come into the environment and be able to be you, slough off all this other stuff that was tossed at you that that doesn't matter. Once you cross the threshold, that stuff stays outside. It needs to stay outside. And it just, I could have built you up better. We could have let the kids love on you. I could have loved on you. We could have changed that process, which we did over time. Once Rita kind of brought it out, it was like, ooh, I'm sorry. I was kind of a douche. That that sucks. But it would have opened up conversation to say, okay, babe, we've got some things we need to talk about. This happened. This happened. This happened. I don't know how to fix this problem. It would have just made it a lot easier to open the conversation rather than here. I'm out. Yeah. And I, you know, you really, you had just had all you could take. Yeah, I was at I was at my max. You needed you needed uh, your emotional support, and part of that was probably just offloading all the bad things that had happened. But it there was a great compromise where I would come home, make sure that you got your kiss, I you know hug and kiss the kids, and then I go get at least ten or fifteen minutes just to decompress from work. Yeah. Then come out and say, okay, now you go to the bathroom, get your bath. Or we would have supper, and then you go get your bath, and you'd get some dedicated time to yourself. 
which you needed. Little did I know that was us emotionally supporting one another. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, once those things were done, then I would definitely get time with the family and the family would build me up. Now, there was time to adjudicate the laws that were broken. <laughs> um, but when we came up with, with that, you know, with Coach Rita, it made a heck of a difference um, in our daily routine and also us supporting one another emotionally. Yeah. And I think it's important that you discover that. I don't know why I keep saying I think. In my opinion, it's important that you identify those areas in your life where you are emotionally and what type of support you need. All right, that's where we're going to stop today. Be sure to tune in for part two of this episode where we finish you out and teach you all that you need to know, or at least some of it, when it comes to emotional needs and your wife. Come on back for episode two. We'll see you soon. The cute dog is out. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose for a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Merit, the podcast.